This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. Good evening. You're listening to Radio City Talk. It is, of course, Fight Disciples time. 6.30 every Tuesday night. We get stuck into the Merseyside boxing scene. And if we were struggling for something to talk about maybe in previous weeks, <laughs> I don't think there's much... Uh, that we can uh, struggle for talking about this week. In fact, we might even overrun on tonight's show because there's so much going on uh, with our Merseyside fighters in uh, the first big UK pay-per-view effort from Sky this uh, weekend involving uh, a man that was with us um, on our Facebook page this week, the one and only Tony the Bomber Bellew. However, the man that was on our Facebook page, as Nick rightly points out, wasn't Tony the Bomber Bellew. It was Anthony Bellew, Mm -hmm. the family man, the lovely... The real... The, the lovable rogue that, that is Anthony yeah. Bellew. And he came across extremely well. If you haven't seen that, I encourage you uh, to go to our website, fightdisciples.com. It's all there. Have a little bit of a nose. You can judge for yourself. Pete, he does split opinion, does Tony, doesn't he? Is that because of the persona? Uh, yes, obviously in his home city. I think he's got a massive following. But obviously he is a massive diehard blue as well. So football fans that can't really bring themselves to support an Evertonian that like to go to Anfield, obviously, uh, will never like him. And no matter what he does, but uh, I think anybody, and that's what I was urging people to do on social media, Media, if you're not a fan of Tony Bellew because of maybe the way he behaves, because of the fact that he's a mad Evertonian, because uh, of the fact the things he says and the way he acts on, on camera and when he's in the boxing ring, just go do yourself a favour, go to Fight Disciples, keep an open mind and just watch that video that we did with him, that live Facebook stream that we did, watch it back. And you'll get to know the real Anthony Bellew, the one that everyone in the city, everyone knows someone that go, oh, I don't like Tony Bellew. And you'll get six people argue why he's such a nice guy, why they, why everyone should like him. And all you have to do is watch that video. And you'll, honestly, I, I guarantee it'll, t- it'll change your mind, whether you're red or a blue, doesn't matter. No, he's the top guy. I've got a lot of time for him. Um, and you can, like I say, watch that video uh, in full. If you wish, go to it, fightdisciples.com. Coming up a little bit later on in the show, um, we've managed to get uh, top-level professionals to the show because obviously me and Nick just mess about on a week-to-week basis. Um, and with Sky, obviously broadcasting this weekend, uh, Hare versus Bellew, I thought it'd be only fair that we got the head of boxing from Sky, Adam Smith, to come and join us. So he'll be here to talk Hare Bellew a little later on in the programme. We'll, of course, be going through Derry Matthews' chances against O'Hara Davis on the undercard. But first of all, I think it's only fair that we just give you a little bit of a round-up from the world of boxing. We might even touch upon a little bit of UFC as well because there's a lot of that going on this weekend. But first of all, in the world of boxing, I suppose the big news away from everything that's happening with Bellew here this week is, of course, the announcement that Khan has managed to land himself the super fight. The one that he's pulled the rug from all our feet. He's pulled the rug from under us as the boy because we were screaming and shouting at him to fight Kel Brook. That didn't materialise and the reason for it was is because he's going after the Filipino. Manny Pacquiao, made for April 23rd. He had, he had Pac-Man up his sleeve all the time, eh? What a, what a sly old fox Amir was. But what a Got great fight. Upset. It's a great fight. It's a great fight for Amir. And um, you know, it's a great fight for Manny as well. It's a great storyline. Former sparring partners, they're coming together. Probably the best, first big boxing show that we'll see come out of the uh, UAE, more than likely Dubai or you know one of those places. Uh, Abu Dhabi is more than likely going to be the destination. Great fight for Amir, great fight for Manny, as I say. Much more realistic fight for Manny Pacquiao than Terence Crawford, in my opinion. Terence Crawford's a much tougher fight. 
Uh, likewise, Kel Brook, I just think this has got, it makes more sense. There's more money to be made with these two fighting than any of the other guys that Manny Pacquiao was considering for this fight. Mm. There's big call for it in the UAE, obviously. That's why it's going to head out there. Interesting to see how it works time-wise because it's on a Sunday, I believe. So yeah. interesting to see how that works down for UK TV and US pay-per-view TV as well. But, uh, you know, it's it, you, you've got to tip your cat to, tap to Amir Khan. You know, we've been giving him a bit of stick on the show for not fighting Kell Brook, the fight that all British fans wanted. But there's not a single fight fan in the country that isn't going to go, OK, Amir, fair enough. Yeah. You know, you, you've got the big one, Macy. Will we see um, those two guys fight? Because when we have previously spoke about it, I gave you that scenario of Amir Khan fighting Manny Pacquiao, beating him, becoming the WBO world champion at £147. Kelbrook fighting Errol Spence uh, is mandatory for the IBF crown, losing that fight, and therefore then Kelbrook doesn't have anything to bring to the table when it comes. It just seems that this is kind of written for Amir Khan to continue to avoid Kelbrook. The fans want it, but it, it is. doesn't seem like he wants it. No, and, and actually, it's only as you were explaining it like that as well, I think the exact opposite is probably going to happen now. The I other think, way around. I think so- Pacquiao beats Khan. I think Brook beats Spence. So I think you're more than likely going to see a, you know, if you, if the winners are going to get together, if, if Brook can land that fight, then Brook versus Pacquiao would make more sense. Whether he gets that, obviously, I've got, I, I very much doubt it. But uh, Is the only scenario that we see Khan versus Brook if they both win the fights? Yes, and even then that's going to be tough because, you know, Khan, is, Khan clearly doesn't want to fight Kel Brook. I think the only way, legitimately, the only way I see it happen is if Khan loses but loses gallantly, goes out on his shield. And he usually do, does Amir, you know, he, you've got to put him to sleep or thoroughly outwork him. Um, I think if he loses a close fight to Pacquiao and Brook wins in style, I think Brook versus Khan could happen for the UK because then you're talking about Amir, he's lost a couple of fights on a spin against high-level opposition. He's going to probably be looking at the back end of his career and a big fight back here in the UK against Kel Brook would make sense. And unfortunately for Kel Brook, even if he does a number on L Spence, which is a great fight for that division, a really tough contender, Kel Brook isn't as big a name as Amir Khan. So um, Kel would eventually get his way, but I think that's the situation. The only way Khan fights Brook now is if Khan loses gallantly and Brook wins in style. If you weren't excited enough about the Merseyside boxing scene at this moment in time, all you've got to do is go on social media and have a little bit of a nosy at the promo uh, for Liam Smith, Liam Williams. Oh, yes. BT Sport have got involved with this, obviously, because they've done a deal with Frank Warren. Frank Warren obviously traditionally owns Box Nation, but they've all come together. This is their first effort together. April the 8th, Terry Flanagan's going to be headlining that. We know that Nicola Adams is on that as well, but the big fight that we're all excited about, that the world's excited about, not just Merseyside, is Smith Williams. It's going to be an absolute barnstormer at £154. And I'll tell you something, if the promo, <laughs> yeah. the TV promo is anything to go by, we are in for a hell of a night. Yeah, kudos to uh, BT Sport, man, because, you know, they've they've come into this now with Frank and we're expecting big things. And obviously, what Frank Warren has started start signing fighters left, right and centre, you know, probably from this city more than anywhere else, unsurprisingly. Um, and, we, you know, we're expecting a big event that night and as you say that promo if that's anything to go by it's going to be a hell of a, a hell of a show and uh, you know I, I truly believe that we're talking about a, a fight of the year contender now as a as a you know a down at my soul of course I'm a Liverpool fight fan this is where it all started for me I'm Liverpool born and bred I don't have to tell you that so of course I don't want it to be fight of the year I want Beefy to steamroll this kid and march straight back into a world title fight 
But from a you know a, an industry insider perspective, if you like, this has got all the hallmarks. This one of being a fight of the year. The two Liams coming together. You've got the Welsh the Welsh boy Liam Williams, who's desperate to prove he's world class, and you've got Liam Smith from Liverpool, who's desperate to bounce back after losing his world title belt to Canelo. It's got all the ingredients to be an absolute corker. Absolutely. Um, yesterday it was obviously the press conference. Two press conferences held in Liverpool. Hey, Bellew. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, but. Um, for other fight fans excited about seeing fights happening in Liverpool, mm-hmm. April 22nd, Echo Arena. Um, top of the bill is going to be Martin Murray uh, versus uh, Gabriel Rosado. Oh, what a fight that is. It's talk a, about fight of the year contenders. It's a great fight. Now, obviously, on tonight's show, we're just going to talk about that. And as we get closer to April 22nd, we'll obviously talk about Rocky. We'll talk about Mashia and we'll talk about the other lads that are going to be involved in that from uh, from our city. However, that particular fight, Martin Murray moving back down in weight to take on Gabriel Rosado... It is an absolute crackerjack, a real crackerjack. I do feel sorry, in a way, for Eddie Hearn having to promote that fight because it should sell itself, but now Amir Khan and Manny Pacquiao have announced it on the the, the day after. So all the promotion for that fight is going to clash, I suppose, with those two, but luckily we've got it in our city, and it should sell out this just on that top of the bill alone. 100%, but I should touch on then the fact that Rocky's back in title action and you've got, uh, you know, plenty of other... Good fights on there as well. That, that, that's a big seller. Mark, listen, Martin Murray against this guy. These two, if, if these two were in the UFC, they'd be absolutely minted by now because, as we know, UFC, they record, they uh, pay bonuses, $50,000 bonus for fight of the night performance. Of the night. Absolutely, yeah. Both these guys are always in awesome fights. They always leave it all in there. And this one, honestly, they talk about fireworks. The Echo Arena roof will come off that night because... Not, neither of these guys know how to take a backward step and both of them are in a situation where they have to win they need to win to get back into the world title action it's a great opponent for Martin Murray perfect and uh, the exact type of fighter he likes to fight they say styles make fights well these two styles just gel perfectly and this is mm. going to be a corker both men have been in with Golovkin um, I'm just reading the resume of uh, Rosado he's obviously mm-hmm. been in with Jolion Love who um, Rocky Fielding's been on yep. the tip to be fighting uh, pretty soon uh, Peter Quillen Big fan of Peter Quillen, like him a lot. Jamel Cholo. I'm naming fighters that he's lost to in the last six. So he has been on world a bit class. Of, yeah, world class. He's been on a little bit of a bad one. Willie Munro Jr. last time out, he yeah. got beat. But then you could argue exactly the same for Martin Murray. You know, Martin Murray's only ever lost Absolutely. world class opponents. Both these guys are in such a similar position and they've both got such similar styles as well. Mm. For me, I think Martin Murray's a bit more of a thinking fighter, a bit more intelligent, and I think that will give him the edge on the night. But I tell you what, if 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 both these guys get the back end, this could be a rock and sock and robots. This could be both bouncing up off the canvas, all over the place. And uh, you know, as you say, that fight alone is worth the ticket entry to the Echo Arena for that night. Should be an absolute screamer. As we get closer to April twenty second, we will obviously talk more about that particular event because it. Well, fingers crossed, we'll have some tickets to give away on the show. So make sure uh, you continue to listen to the show every Tuesday night. Uh, on Radio City Talk and also subscribe to the podcast via our website, fightdisciples.com. Just a quick one regarding other worldly news that's happened over the weekend. I'll keep it in Great Britain. Um, we mentioned him on last week's show, obviously. Dave Colwell's charge of Gavin McDonald coming up short against Ray Vargas. Heart of a lion, 
but class prevailed at the end. And I hate saying that about British fighters, but Ray Vargas is serious at this weight. Yeah, I thought McDonald was excellent. Came on so strong down the stretch, but uh, he was just a little bit outclassed early on. And I don't think he expect Vargas to be so strong, even though the guy's got a ton of knockouts. I just think when a guy's six foot and he's a super bantamweight, you don't expect him to have that kind of. <laughs> how power. do you make weight at that? When it's you're six freakish. foot, how are you making Absolute that? Absolute freakish. If you see him standing side on, he must be like paper. He must be like that thin. <laughs> he's like a two D. You know, he's not a three dimensional <laughs> human. That's how the only way he can mo- must make weight if he's. Six Six foot, but uh, I think he, he he frightened McDonald early on. He, I think he landed some big shots, and by the time McDonald grit his teeth and and got into the later stages of the fight, I think by then Vargas was styling. You know, he's cruising towards mm. it. And we expected it. We knew it was going to be a tough fight. It was a fifty-fifth. Well, we thought it was fifty-fifty going in. It was probably a little bit more the other way when the fights actually happened. But McDonald proved himself to be a genuinely tough kid. We know that. But he can come again. Listen, the green and gold, they don't give him away the WBC belt, as we know. It was a vacant title fight. This was the number one against the number two. McDonald's chance will come again. He's just got to keep his head down and keep working. Uh, on episode 79 of uh, the Fight Disciples podcast, which is available tomorrow morning, that being Wednesday um, in the UK, uh, Nick has some strong opinions on uh, the judging in that particular fight. Obviously, it was a split decision. There was a draw compared to two extremely wild cards. We won't go into it too much now. If you want to... Um, hear him ranting basically <laughs> and uh, kind of um, warning us about the dangers of those type of cards here in the UK make sure you subscribe to the podcast it's at fightdisciples.com also featuring on that um, is Nick ranting about the technique of Deontay Wilder uh, which we might as well talk about right now <laughs> yeah. uh, because Deontay thank the lord he has the power because technique wise foot movement wise head movement wise he's absolutely shocking there's there's seven year olds who are going down to various ABCs here in this in this fine city that have better technique than Deontay, Deontay Wilder it's just that he's blessed with some serious dig it's strange isn't it you know to watch a guy who you know I personally still rank as the number one heavyweight on the planet right now purely because of what he's done where he is and how long he's been doing it for um it's frightening to watch him fight live and just think he's so technically inept. Mm. You know, he's, he he lacks so much. And we touch on it far more on the podcast, as you say, about his, his technical breakdown and why that potentially works for him rather than against him. But, um, you know, you, you've got to think that Anthony Joshua, if he can come through against Klitschko, you've got to think that technically he's got the ability to, to really push Wilder. What a great fight it would be, but I think he's, he would have the edge to to really claim that number one spot. So, interesting stuff. But good to have Wilder back in the mix. You know, he's not been the most active mm. recently and stuff. And We're uh, not going to slag him either because he was oh, on, he was not, on no. last week's show. He's a mate of our show. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Plus, he, you know, he, he defended his belt and he won by a knockout. You know, you can't knock you the guy Against an undefeated fighter. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You certainly can't. And, and not just an undefeated fighter. I thought Gerald Washington looked really good. He looked very more, more than capable. He was winning. He was probably winning the fight up until the... Yeah. The stoppage, uh, he just looked like a much more tidy, accomplished, technically savvy fighter than Wilder does. But then maybe that's, again, maybe that's Wilder's strength. No, absolutely. Um, still to come on the show, um, we will obviously be going through the undercard at the O2 Arena this weekend because it's action-packed, including our very own Derry Matthews, who, by the way, was one of his previous opponents, Luke Campbell, looks amazing at the weekend, didn't he? Very good. Again, on episode 79 of the podcast, Nick goes into breaking down that lightweight division and where a world title shot will or will not come for Luke Campbell because it is full of absolute killers. Let's be straight. Uh, that division is superb at this moment in time. But Derry steps up in weight. He's taking on O'Hara Davis. We're going to be speaking about that next. Make sure you stick around. 
and a potential for a real coming-of-age night for a young lad that has been on our programme on several occasions from the Midlands. He, um, he he shouldn't be a fighter. He shouldn't be a fighter. He didn't want to be a fighter. He wanted to be a journeyman in the game and now has ended up in a situation uh, where he is fighting... What we what you, legend is a is a strong word, but you would class Polly Manilanagi as one of those type of characters. Yeah, he's you know he's New York Hall of Fame yeah. level fighter. Absolutely, uh, Sam Eggington is the boy that we're talking about, and we're going to give you a little bit of a lowdown on that undercard next on Radio City Talk. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes Store. Now then, let's get stuck into this undercard that's happening at the O2 Arena at the weekend. The main action's coming up, so don't go anywhere. We're going to be speaking to head of Sky Sports Boxing, Adam Smith, joining us for a little bit of a hair bellew breakdown. But there's a couple of fights on the undercard that are, are enough to wet your whistle, let's just say. Um, I'm going to start away from um, Derry Matthews. I want to I'll move away from Liverpool for just a split second because Sam Eggington, Paulie Malinaggi, in the welterweight division, is an absolute cracker. Malinaggi, obviously, in the twilight of his career, everybody remembers him having his haircut in the corner against Ricky and all that <laughs> type of stuff. Everyone remembers those fights, but Malinaggi's been in with the best. When it comes to ring craft, when it comes to experience, when it comes to knowledge about getting yourself in and out of fights and winning fights, especially when they're tough, Malinaggi is the boy. However, my opinion is that he may struggle against Sam Eggington because Eggington has an awful amount of power. Malinaggi himself doesn't have enough power to stop Eggington. We know he's a tough kid. I don't think he's had a stoppage for, since 2003. Eggington is coming off the back of that fantastic win against Frankie Gavin. And I genuinely believe that for a man that said that he only wanted to be a journeyman in boxing, this could be his coming of age night. Imagine this. Imagine starting off your career, right, I'm just going to make a few quid to feed my kids. I'm going to be a journeyman. I'll take a few beatings um, and then I'll put some food on the table. And then finding yourself in a situation where you are taking on Paulie Malinaggi. It's absolutely mind-blowing. It's phenomenal to see where this it's career Rocky is. It's Rocky Balboa stuff. It, it truly is, you know, and it's to see that he's come so far, so fast. Um, it, it, it's just frightening, really, you know. And as you say, Malinaggi is something of an icon of this generation, really. As you, he's been in with absolutely everybody. Um Eggington knows that it's it's going to be a tw- unless he can finish the fight and land the shot. He knows it's going to be a tough twelve rounds. Malinaji is old now. You know he's he's thirty six. Uh, he's had an awful. I'm thirty five. Don't you dare say that thirty six. I'm forty. <laughs> I'm forty, but in fighting terms, thirty six is old. Well, I'll give you thirty six is old, and he's been around for a long time. He's you know he's had well over forty fights. Spent the last ten years really at world level. Uh, it's a massive, massive test for Sam Eggington. But I think it may just have come at exactly the, the perfect, right time. Perfect time. Perfect time. I think he's going to take so much confidence from beating Frankie Gavin. He had also the the whole Battle of Birmingham thing with Gavin. But not only that, on paper, Frankie Gavin's a far better technical boxer than Sam Eggington. And likewise, I would say the same thing about Paulie Malinaggi. Yes, Malinaggi's never been able to break an egg. That's just that's just who he is. But he wins fights by grinding it out, by being active, by being quick, by being fast on his feet, by landing shots and not taking shots. What Eggington's got to do is get forward, get his head on Malinaggi's chest, let his bombs go, and really make him feel like a 36-year-old, nearly, you know, mm. rapidly aging towards 40-year-old man. Put the pressure on him. Don't like he did let against him Frankie Gavin. Yeah. Don't let him take a breath. That's what he's got to do. He's got to ignore the fact that it's... 
former world t- champion legend. in the corner. <laughs> you know, some, some would say a legend, yeah, you know, a bit of an icon. Forget that. Forget who it is in the corner. Do what you did against Frankie Gavin. You know, just walk him down, unload as much leather as you possibly can. Don't think about it too much. Don't get involved in a tactical battle because he'll never win that. No. He will never win a tactical battle. I but think what he, tried he can to do, do is outwork Malinaji. He tried to do that against Bradley Skeet, didn't he? And he came up exactly. Unstuck. And I think when we've spoken to him previously on our podcast, that's the lesson that he's learned from that, yeah. isn't it? He, know, he now knows what he's not. Exactly. Fight to your own yeah. strengths. Do what you do best. Forget about what the other guy's going to do. And that's exactly what he's going to do on Saturday night. He's nothing to worry about regarding power because no. Malinaji ain't got it and he knows he can take a shot anyway. Exactly. So put it on him. So push, pour all over him and unload and just make Malinaji feel like an old man. And tell you what, Sam Eggington could pull off the biggest scalp of his career here. And bizarrely enough, if you look back a couple, just a couple of years, bizarrely enough, he will get a world title fight this year. That's it's it's crazy to think where he's come from to where he is now. Mm. But Paulie Malinaji beating him unlocks a world title fight. But it's not easy. It's not going to be easy. Malinaji's been there, done it, wore the Wiley t-shirt. He knows he, he knows more about the game than probably Sam Eggerton will ever know. That's a fact. But what he can't handle is youth, pressure, enthusiasm, spirit. He can't control that. And that's where Eggington's strengths are. He's got to take it to him. If you're looking for some more boxing content to, uh, I don't know, expand your knowledge of Sam Eggington. We did an interview with him at the, in the middle of last year. It's a cracker on his life story of how he started out wanting to be a journeyman and then falling into it and then continuing it uh, as to where he's at right at this moment in time. It's on our website, fightdisciples.com. Go and have a little bit of a nosey. You will not regret it, as there is tons of content up there for you this week uh, because of a certain hair bell you fight. Um, there was a little bit of a video that we stuck up last week. We did a Facebook Live session with Tony Bellew. If you've not seen it yet, it is available online, uh, fightdisciples.com. Now, we're going to get accused of being biased. This, for people that listen to us outside of uh, Liverpool, but we don't care because this is for a Liverpool audience. This is for Radio City Talk. Um, and if you listen to us right now, we are going to jump on the Derry Matthews bandwagon. That's what we're yeah. going to do uh, because we love him. He's been on this show many, many times. He's the he's an extremely popular bloke in the city, not just because of his fighting, but because of all the things that he does for the community. Um, notably, the uh, disabled boxing classes that he puts on at his gym. We commend him all for that. Yes, he's at the twilight of his career. Yes, I personally thought after the Luke Campbell fight, we might not see him again in the ring. So to have another opportunity to go and support Derry Matthews against the young kid, don't get me wrong, O'Hara Davis is talented, but he's maybe disrespecting the older gentleman, mm-hmm. um, kind of wets my whistle a little bit, and hopefully Matthews puts a bit of manners on him this weekend. Yeah, we hope so, because that, and it's not just us, it's not just this city that wants to see Derry win at the weekend as well. Pretty much all of British boxing <laughs> wants Derry to shut this kid up because, you know, O'Hara Davis, put him out a 14-0 fighter with 11 stoppages on his record. You know, he's a young pup trying to make his way in the game, and you don't kind of... I don't knock people for being outspoken, Adam. We've, we celebrate it on this show. Absolutely. We tell every fighter, don't go into a fight without having a next opponent in mind because when they put that mic in your face at the end of the fight, you've got to sell yourself, got yep. to sell the next fight. Keep moving yourself forward. But he's took some cheap shots at Derry and, you know, bear in mind, Derry is not even from this weight class. He's from the weight below. So it, it kind of looks like a little bit of a coward's trick. But what he's done is by insulting Derry, who's proven himself to be at world level by insulting Derry and calling him out, he's kind of got what he's wished for because Derry's gone, OK, then, I'll, I will step up and fight you, not a problem. Uh, and the way Derry sees this fight is we know he's been working like a Trojan because Derry, yes, he's in the twilight of his career, but 
He ain't going to fight in a six or an eight round or ten. Derry will only fight for titles now, and this is for a WBC mm. silver super lightweight title. Basically, you win this fight, whoever wins this fight or holds that belt, should I say, is right in the frame for a world title shot. It's a world ranking with the WBC, the best organisation in the sport, and that's all that Derry's seeing. Yes, he gets the chance to school, hopefully, uh, a young fighter who's been unproven, but also it's not just, it's the fact that Derry can unlock a world title shot at this stage in his career when we know he hasn't got many fights left in him, when we know he's, it's kind of like, you know, his last hurrah, if you like. And going into this fight at the weekend, O'Hara Davis, as I say, so far his, his record's unblemished, but he's fought at a way lower mm. level than what Derry Matthews is. This is a massive step up for him, make no mistake. When we spoke about uh, to Derry about this particular fight when it was made, the thing that he was most gutted about was obviously... It was made after the announcement of Hair Bellew. So therefore, all the tickets had gone. It had already sold out. So therefore, yeah. our allocation for fighters was kind of at, a, at, a, at an absolute premium. And a lot of guys that have been following Derry, who yeah. probably listen to this show right now, following him for years and years and years, haven't been able to get a ticket. But I'm led to believe that there's something happening in the city yeah. where they can all get stuck in. Kind of a good night, isn't it? Because let's be straight, Liverpool, Arsenal on the telly beforehand. They can have a skin full there and then watch Derry do the, do the, job, do on, on. <laughs> do the job on this kid. There's a few places in Liverpool City Centre on Saturday night who are shot in the fight live I'm sure if you if t- plug into Derry's social media as you say this is, Derry sells out the Echo Arena when he headlines you know he sells out shows he's got a massive following in this city because he's had one of the most phenomenal careers in the history of Merseyside boxing you know I, I rank Derry top five Merseyside boxers of all time just for what he's achieved his body of work is phenomenal mm. There's 50 plus fights in the pro game when you look at the roller coaster and it was, the comeback the comeback it's just unbelievable unbelievable that what this kid has achieved and the city worships him for it we absolutely love him for it and there's a few bars in the city centre Saturday as I say all the tickets are gone you just point out then so that these legions of fans can't be in London so there's a there's a Oh, they'll be there. They'll be there. They'll be there in spirit. Mate, they will get in. I'm telling you now, his fans will get into that arena. It'll be like Wembley 86, all fans (laughs) climbing through upstairs windows and things like that, yeah. But the ones who don't travel, there's a few things going on in the city centre, and uh, I can imagine there's going to be a few bars absolutely bouncing on Saturday night. There'll be a few touts making a few quid outside the L2 with Derry's fans (laughs) knocking about, let me tell you. But like you say... Um, he is extremely well supported and I've no doubt the city centre will be absolutely bouncing especially with it, it sits so nicely doesn't it you know what I mean the footy's on at yeah. tea time Liverpool are playing Arsenal perfect then you've got Derry and then if you're an Evertonian who's gone down to the O2 arena you've gone to watch Bellew do his thing the morning after you've got Everton taking on uh, Spurs down in London yeah. what a weekend that would be it's a cracking weekend of sport There'll be people listening to this now going, yes, sunshine, I've got the tickets, I am ready to roll. (laughs) (laughs) They're already on that party bandwagon. Um, Regarding the future of Derry Matthews, last week on the show we were talking about the future of Tony Bellew. Yeah. He's a WBC Cruiserweight champion at this moment in time, but he was already alluding to the fact that he was preparing for retirement. Yeah. This would be his last 12 months in the game, once again. If that's news to you, that was broken on our Facebook Live chat with Tony Bellew last week, go to the website. Go and have a little bit of a nosy. It's all there for you. Fightdisciples.com is the website. Um, how long would you say? Would you say a similar time scale for Derry? I think so. I think so. I think Derry will never say never because he loves the game, absolutely loves it. And you, you speak to him now and, he, and he, it seems like he's enjoying his training and his camps more now. Well, I would be if I had a weight, weight above. I can eat more. <laughs> yeah, than when he was even younger, you know. So uh, 
I think Saturday is going to tell us a lot. You know, it's a massive opportunity for Derry to really jump back into the world title scene. Um, as for O'Hara Davis, we we just don't know. We just don't know if this kid is able to fight at a higher level. Mm. We'll find out on Saturday. We know Derry can, and we know Derry's going down it in great shape as well. So it's a massive opportunity for him. I, I you know, I, I would never ever like to retire any fighter. But I think Derry's probably thinking along the same, the same lines as Bell. You, you know, this is this is the final twelve months. We'll see what happens at the weekend. A big performance against O'Hara Davis, then obviously doors open. Um, so we'll, they'll take it from there. But uh, you know, I'd love to see him fight uh, back in Liverpool at least one more time because uh, you know what a night that would be to finish off oh, at the Echo Arena would, and just to reward the fans. Reward of course, the fans, and though. you know, there's a number on O'Hara Davis. There's absolutely no reason why that might not be a world title fight at the Echo Arena. Mm. Derry Matthews, what an unbelievable! Um, I'd be begging him to win a, to whatever you do, finish on a world title fight in Liverpool, and regardless, just just walk away. Just go right, okay, I've done it. There's the world title belt. Job I've won done. it. I'm out. Job Imagine. Um, there's a young scouser on the uh, card. Um, on the undercard yes. also fighting um, at the weekend as well as one of your favourite fighters the Welsh Mayweather's making an appearance yeah weird Lee Selby the, the current IBF featherweight champion obviously he was supposed to fight in Vegas on the Carl Frampton undercard his opponents had some issues in the final 24 hours and the fight was called off he's been kind of hastily arranged and added to this card later on I don't think he's defending his world title belt hmm. it's a non-title fight but this uh, is just about blowing rust off mate it is yeah he it's just about staying active it's yeah. just about staying active you know before he before he looks further the field and then the the extra scouser on the card is uh, is Craig Glover who's from the south of the city he's 2-0 and as a cruiserweight he must be absolutely delighted that he's on such a high profile card he's probably he's probably fighting on it for his train money yeah uh, just just to be on a card of this magnitude but massive opportunity for Craig Glover big punching cruiserweight as I say out of Liverpool and uh, one with an exciting future his brother actually Mark used to fight in the UFC he was in the ultimate fighter Wow, mm. you're fighting city, mate. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. That's it. Just a quick one, just a last minute um, addition to this. You, I'm sure you've seen this over the last 24 hours on that card. The White Rhino himself, uh, Big Dave Allen, has also been uh, announced on that card, even though he was just in action this weekend, just gone. He was only in action for 23 seconds, though. He despatched his. <laughs> yeah, so he's all right. He despatched his opponent in 23 seconds. We're fans of Dave Allen because of the way that he approaches his social media. Technically, as a heavyweight boxer, is he brilliant? Probably not. However, the kid has a, a chin of granite. He has a heart of gold. We've seen him, obviously, in with Dillian White and Luis Ortiz recently. Um, okay, getting beat on, on both occasions. But he seems to be taking it a little bit more seriously now. The more I, I hear about him... I mean, this is a kid that would eat KFC before he'd go and fight and all this yep. type of stuff. You know, his diet were all out the window. He seems to be taking it a lot more seriously now. Eddie Hearn seems to have taken him under his wing a little bit because the fans love the guy. He seems to be the normal working class fella, gives it everything, hard as nails. With a little bit of guidance, he could he could maybe get to a British level and get himself a Lonsdale belt. So hopefully that pans out for him. We'll see him in action this weekend. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's good that he's having such a quick turnaround, but... You know, it's uh, he's got a long road to go. Yeah, he's still early on in his career. Likewise, Katie Taylor's on this card as well. Mm. Uh, a girl that's destined for for great things, destined for a world title, undoubtedly. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a weird undercard because you kind of look at the undercard and think it's all about it's all about the main event. Let's be honest, it's all about Bellu versus Hay. That's what's got the whole country gripped at the moment, and that's what's going to get us gripped next. Uh, we're teaming up with the Sky Sports head of boxing, Adam Smith. We're going to be speaking to him uh, about Hay Bellu. 
And uh, maybe he's got a little bit of squeaky bum time because he's going to be sat in the middle of them for all the press conferences that are going on this week. I would. Get that fence up. Get that fence up. <laughs> You're listening to Radio City Talk. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Uh, if you just tuned in, you listen to Radio City Talk and we are joined now uh, by a very special guest. He is a mad red, uh, but he's also the uh, head of Sky Sports Boxing. Adam Smith, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? I'm good, thank you, despite the rain outside. You uh, brought it with you? I'm not sure about that. It was, it was, <laughs> it was, it was a little wet in London this morning, but uh, no, it's uh, God, it's unbelievable up here, isn't it? Mm. Um, but yeah, looking forward to uh, obviously a huge week in the boxing world. Busy man with all these press conferences. We're delighted that one's obviously taking place uh, in Liverpool. Uh, you're the man in the middle of all this. Um, they've been talking about metal fences. They've been talking yep. about all that type of thing. Um, what's the what's the latest word on that? Are you, are you are you the bodyguard? Are you the man that stands in the middle and sorts it all out? Apparently, everyone's looking at me. Well, um, there's there's no muscles on this body, so uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll have to find a, a few of my security guard friends. Listen, I I know Tony Valley and David Hay extremely well. Um, I'm hoping that um, that they can. They can sell this, as I'm sure they will do, with all the needle uh, and the arrow slinging this week. But I don't want it to turn into uh, a farce, a pantomime. I think that um, we don't need any more scenes like the uh, punch thrown at the Dorchester in London. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had all the... uh, the antics from when David was ringside working for us and, and Tony obviously highly emotional after he beat his Flores, friend yeah. BJ Flores. So um, I'm hoping that, you know, sense will prevail. My, my worry is that Tony is unpredictable. Uh, he says it every time I see him. I don't know what I'm going to do next. Uh, that's the that's a slight worry. Um, I think David will manage to hold it together unless he's attacked. So let's hope that they keep themselves apart. Um, but they, uh, they keep the... Uh, the story and the narrative and the spice going until the bell rings on Saturday night. Let's talk about um, the former um, undisputed, unified cruiserweight champion of the world, former heavyweight champion of the world. Has he still got it, my friend? Has he still got it? I've always been a big uh, supporter of David Hay and the fact that I think he's uh, he's been a brilliant uh, fighter for many, many years. Uh, I first saw him as an amateur when he was 15, 16. Um, he was a wonderful uh, unpaid fighter, uh, but he did get knocked out in the amateurs by a guy called Jim Twight, Coventry Southpaw. So I, wor- I worried whether there was um, possibly a problem with his chin in the early days. We saw him knocked down by Lelenga Mock at light heavyweight, and uh, obviously he was stopped by Carl Thompson mm-hmm. running out of steam more than anything. Floored also by Jean-Marc Mormec and heard a little bit of heavyweight by Monty Barrett, but apart from that, his chin has proved pretty strong, certainly at heavyweight, David Hay. As far as his attributes, I mean, there's so many. He's quick, he's got wonderful feet, he's got huge power, obviously. Um, he's very exciting to watch. Um, I was in the camp that thought he would knock out Vladimir Klitschko uh, in, on that very rainy night in uh, in Hamburg, but he didn't get close to him, and, and Klitschko won and won as we all know well. Um, the big question is what Hayes got left um, at the latter stages of his career. He wanted to retire at 30, 31. Uh, he's come back. Has he come back for money? Has he come back for glory? Maybe a bit of both. Um, he's certainly come back because he wants to fight again. Uh, the last two, I don't think we could read much into it. So he hasn't had a, a proper fight for a number of years. And the question is, will he have a proper fight on Saturday night? It's it's all about what Tony Bellew does. If he fights fire with fire, we're going to get a, a thunderstorm for, for a few rounds and, and it will be you know who, whoever stands. And I think Hay obviously has more power uh, in his arsenal, um, although Bellew can punch. Um, but Do you see get- a lot of similarities with the Carl Thompson fight in 2004? Um, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, that was obviously at cruiserweight. Yeah. I think, I think you know, David Hayes is a fully-fledged heavyweight, 
Uh, Tony Bellew, while he was a heavyweight as an amateur, is, is not. Uh, but he's come up and been better at cruiserweight than he was at light heavy, where I think he was very weight-drained. I'm not quite sure how he made it for so long. Certainly, I think that contributed to the, the bad defeat against Adonis Stevenson. But I think that um, Tony's been um, been on, on, on a real uh, on a real roll. I mean, his momentum is with him. He's, he's produced terrific performances in the last two or three years. Uh, he's working really well under Dave Colwell. You know, mm-hmm. he's achieved his dream, you know, at Goodison Park and, you know, the, the wonderful win there, the, the Hollywood role. I mean, he's done more than he probably would ever have imagined in boxing. So this is the this is the lucky ticket, isn't it? This is the golden ticket. And if he can if he can pull off the the big upset win on Saturday night, then obviously he, he puts himself in line for you know <laughs> unbelievably something like an Anthony Joshua fight. You know, you just you just couldn't write it, could you? No. Um, but I but I I think it's. Um, you know, you got to you got to be honest about these things, and I think that he is a big underdog going in. Um, he does have a puncher's chance, and, and obviously, if it goes three or four rounds, we wonder what Hayes' stamina, fitness, uh, appetite for a real scrap is. Um, and in that, we all know what Tony Belly can do. He's heart, passion, drive, desire, determination, and he'll have to be nailed down to to lose this one. I think but, that's it. Um, well, we, that's the thing, Adam. We know exactly which Tony Bellew is going to turn up on Saturday night because he always turns up. But we just don't know what David Hayes is going to turn up. And that's the big question. Can Tony Bellew survive four or five rounds? And then will that fight completely turn on its head then? Because we'll see Hay with that huge physique that he's got. It'll fill the lactic acid will start burning. Suddenly the, the energy starts sapping away. And we may see another Carl Thompson or a Klitschko performance where he goes into his shell. Is that kind of how you see it as well? Has Bellew got to survive the first four or five to really have a chance? I think that... Anyone at heavyweight has got a chance. Uh, I mean, you know, you asked Alex Lewis when he fought Oliver McCall and Hasim Rackman, who were, who were never going to be. They were all natural heavyweights. Yes, they were, but, but I, think, I think Tony Bellew can punch. I mean, whether he punches as hard as the majority of heavyweights around, we don't know, but he certainly can bang. There's no question about that. And if he catches David Hay clean, it, it will. It will probably have some sort of effect whether it will be enough to, to finish a fight I don't know but I'm sure it will certainly you know stun Hay um, but he's got to land clean I mean the worry is that the Bellew defence has been open at times and, and Hay's so quick and if he's still got that speed and you mentioned about the fact that, that Hay's going to be a lot heavier I think Hay's going to come in fairly light for this um, I think that you know he'll he'll be Although the, the, the $35 million yacht and the, the Miami <laughs> lifestyle and all the rest of it, we know what David's like, he would have trained extremely hard for this. So I, I, I think he'll come in in terrific condition. So I doubt it will become a problem after four or five rounds, but I think that's certainly one of the tactics that I'd be thinking about if I was with, with Tony Bellew and Dave Coldwell, that you know that I, you know, he has been uh, fighting more Bellew. Um, he is the current world champion and all of that and David hasn't had a you know a heart-wrenching fight a, a gut-wrenching you know tussle for a long time he was blowing a little bit before he knocked out Derek Chisora mm-hmm. so there is that possibility but also you know the you know the 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 other thing is you know early rounds if he can catch Hay and, and maybe stun him a little bit like George Groves did with Carl Froch mm, you know yeah. early on and suddenly he walks onto one and then you've got a whole different scenario but my gut feeling is that that David Hay will probably have too much power um, being a natural heavyweight um, and in his arsenal to 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 not come through this on Saturday night should fans look look into how David's been in the last week or two though obviously we've seen the gloves is off show now we've seen the the head-to-heads the media stuff this week 
you know, people are saying David Hay looks rattled, but he's never been great with the media in fight week. You know, he was he was acted very unusually against Klitschko. He wouldn't shake Klitschko's hand, wouldn't look him in the eye. Same against Chisora. It was Tyson all very Fury violent. The, the Tyson happen. Fury yep. stuff that never happened yet. He's ne- he's never good in fight week, David Hay, is he? He always kind of gets very anxious, I think. I think he's also trying to sell the event. Um, mm. You know, D- David's a businessman as well. And, and I think that, you know, yes, he doesn't like Tony Bellew and Tony Bellew doesn't like David Hay, but, you know, Hay's playing on it, isn't he? He's... He's trying to be the sort of pantomime villain, the, you know, I'm going to crush him, I'm going to this, that and the other, and his family shouldn't be ringside, etc. I mean, th- these are all words, and ultimately it'll come down to who's the better fighter on the night. And, uh, you know, Tony Bellew has, uh, has, has a chance here. He has a live chance, there's no question about that. It's going to be absolutely fascinating to see how this unfolds. I think there's a lot of people that I've talked to in the last few weeks want Tony Bellew to win. But all those people are still saying they think that mm. David Hay will win. Um, but it'll be really interesting once that first bell goes. The two of them are in there with the little gloves. You know, who's going to hurt who first? Is Bellew going to box and move? Um, will Hay just catch up with him? Will Hay possibly, you know, be, be you know, the fact that he has been inactive, the, the shoulder's been a, a big problem. It's apparently fine and, and ready to go again. But is something going to happen during the fight where it just suddenly swings maybe Bellew's way? You know, he finds a way, Tony Bellew. Mm-hmm. That's that's what he's got on his side. Um, but I just think, you know, with with the, the, the big jump up to heavyweight and against an elite fighter yeah. in David Hay could just prove a, 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 a t- touch too much for Billy. One thing that I would like is one of those training camps that David Hay has had. I mean, that, those yachts, they do. Yeah. Fortnite there, Oh, please. they would suit me nice. You know, I, I was lucky enough with Johnny Nelson to go and see him in Miami about six months before he fought Vladimir Klitschko, and he wasn't in sort of full training. He was just in sort of light beach training. <laughs> and he's a very uh, charismatic guy to be around, David Hay. I like both of them very much, actually. Mm. You know, it's a it's a, it's a shame sometimes that it all descends into yeah. into the this sort of you know gunslinging you know war of words and you know I'm sure afterwards I mean I don't think there's the deep hate like there was with Bellew and Cleverly no, I think that no. I think that afterwards it will, it will it will all be fine but um but yeah look they're both personalities they're both characters it's it's a fascinating watch and I think the big thing is that nobody knows quite what will happen or how it will happen on Saturday night most people think that David Hay will win um, but obviously you do have upsets in boxing but I think it's how the fight unfolds uh, in that uh, you know huge atmosphere at the O2, mm. um, which is maybe making people want to watch this. It's a it's an exciting time for British boxing. We say this every time we speak, um, but obviously started the year. We're over in the states with James DeGale and Frampton, and now obviously last weekend with Gavin, we are now back on UK shores. We've got Hair Bellew, we've got Jorge Linares and Anthony Corolla Part Two, we've got Vladimir Klitschko and AJ. <sighs> Seasons here, my friend, and we we must appreciate these times because it's not always like this. We've got to appreciate this time. I think I've been at Sky now twenty two and a half years, and we've been in boxing every one of those years. But I don't remember starting off a year with as much sort of anticipation, mm. tingling inside, feeling that I do or did certainly on January the first. A couple of great nights in the states with James DeGale and Carl Frampton. The DeGale card was amazing in New York. Mm. You had that middleweight tear up. You had Javonta Davis coming of age. Fighter. I think he's going to be he's going to be a real great. And then and then I thought a, a, an incredible performance by Mikey Garcia on the Carl Frampton night. You know, so you've got two real pound for pound potentials there, and 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 obviously, you know, the two main fights were both great. You know, mm. the Badu Jack fight with James DeGale was a was a humdinger from start to finish, and although. 
you know, we didn't get the win in British terms. You know, he, he kept his title, James, and, and obviously he went up in everyone's estimation in, in terms of courage and, and, and tenacity and all the rest of it that go with his skills. So it was a great night in New York. And then two weeks later, Carl Frampton just got off to a, the wrong sort of start against Leo Santa Cruz. Let's give Santa Cruz huge credit because he, he went back to the drawing board. Very and he, clever. He, yeah, Very and he clever. got his, he, you know, he, he did he did what sort of, you know, some of the great guys like Barrera, Morales, Marquez do in rematches. Yeah. You know, they go back and they work out a way that they can. And he went back to what he does best. He told us all week what he was going to do. Use his height, use his reach, use his skills. And I think Carl thought that was a red herring. I thought he'd think he was going to come out and just try and try and go straight back into war like round 13. And he didn't. <laughs> and I think I think that really unsettled Carl. And I don't think they quite, you know, it was close. You know, it was only two or three rounds in it. But he was always that little bit behind. And again, no disgrace at all. It was a wonderful uh, week out there. The Northern Irish came over. The Belfast uh, contingent uh, you know, lit up the strip. It was brilliant. It was a great atmosphere. Uh, Carl and Barry were fantastic afterwards. So humbling to hear, you know, the fact that they gave Leo so much credit. And that was that was that was brilliant. I'd love to see a third fight if it could be made, mm. you know, back here. But more to come. More to come, my and, friend, and, after and, this weekend. And lots more to come. You know, Gavin McDonald was always um, a, a big underdog, I thought, against yeah. Ray Vargas. Um, I thought that he put on a tremendous performance. He'd done performance. great down the stretch. He yeah. did. You know, he was really gritty, really determined. You know, he was always sort of a slight step behind, you know, in terms of probably class. It reminded me a little bit of Crawler and Linares mm, one, yeah. but maybe even a slightly more. And, and I think that Gavin did ever so well to stick with him. After six or seven, you were thinking, yeah, you know, is he going to be able to get through this? Or will Dave Caldwell be thinking, you know, in the corner? But he, t- he turned it round. He came on strong. The last few rounds were great. That should give him huge c- confidence going into his his future because he's done ever so well. He's not as talented talented as Jamie. Mm-hmm. He's done ever so well, Gavin, to 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 get to this level anyway. And it shows that he can compete, you know. And I um, I thought that was a in defeat. It was the best way he could have lost. And yeah. uh, I think he, he'll definitely come again. But as you said, with with Gavin's world title fight. We now move to, to London with Hay and Bellew and, and Malinaji and Eggington and Hara Davis and Derry on the card. It's going to be a fantastic night. And then, yes, you know, loads, loads to look forward to. Colin Anares too and Ricky Burns uh, in his unification fight with Ndongo mm-hmm. and obviously AJ and Martin Murray just announced this, this big fight up mm. here for April the 22nd. So lots happening. And obviously we hear Khan and Pacquiao um, <laughs> are going to fight maybe in the Middle East and uh, in April. Um, you know, there's uh, there's there's great stuff coming up. Liam Smith, Liam Williams is a is, is a wonderful well, that's match. We're, get, we're getting so excited. Really good fight. It's a really good fight that. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you're 50-50. That's it is. And I think that the competition of BT and us and, and ITV coming into the game is really good for boxing fans because... You know, everyone out there is going to see a lot more. It's going to make us raise our game. It's going to make um, the competition is always healthy. I feel. Um, I think we've, you know, Eddie and I work as everyone knows very closely together, and I think we've really restored British boxing in, in 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 a big way into arenas, into making it a cool, sort of sexy place to be on a Saturday night. The the atmospheres, the music, it's an event. the entertainment. It's an event, isn't it's it? It's an event. You go to an event, and you know, more and more of the fights are, are sort of fifty five, forty five, or fifty fifties. And I think you know the fans are really enjoying it. The casuals are coming in. Um, but I think it is also important to, to have that competition because, you know, everyone can... We, we had a monopoly for a long time, and I think now, it, you know, Channel 5 do a little bit, but it's really good having ITV and, and, and BT, Box Nation, uh, really in the game. And, um, you know, let's see what this year provides because the winners will be the fans. Yeah, absolutely. Adam Smith, thank you so much for your time. I know you're pressed today, my friend. Enjoy fight week. And thank let's, you. Let's hope yeah. it all lives up to it on Saturday night. Well, I think we will enjoy sure fight will. week, won't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure it will. And Saturday night, let's hope for an absolute thriller. I'm yeah. sure it will be fun while it lasts. 
Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.